You're listening to Butchertown Rundown, a racing Louisville podcast and the official podcast of the Lavender Legion. Welcome to the Butchertown Rundown. And dear listeners, do not believe the press releases. Do not believe the hypothetical team in a hypothetical league that doesn't physically exist. As Flava Flav said, do not believe the hype. Because in this day, February, the day after the Super Bowl, there is only one top-tier professional sports team in the great Commonwealth of Kentucky. That is Racing Louisville Football Club. This podcast is for Racing Louisville fans and fans of the only top-tier professional team in the state. I'm Tom Benson, here with Becky Morgan and Caitlin Whiteside. How are we feeling tonight? That was a great introduction, Tom. I never would have thought of you as a Flava Flav guy, but, you know, I, I guess I just learned more about you every 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 time we record. <laughs> truly, truly fascinating. <laughs> truly fascinating. And I, I, I am hyped, but I don't believe the hype, Tom. You've convinced me. <laughs> I, I'm only the messenger. Flava Flav, I mean, uh, uh, high school in the 90s, if you were going to high school in the mean streets of Norman, Oklahoma, you did not stray far from your public enemy CD. I am fired up. The Super Bowl just ended, and I feel like it's just a, a changing of the season that American football has ended. If you're a sports fan, you got your team. Becky loves the Eagles. Um, I like the Bengals, so our teams have been irrelevant for a month and a half. But you think, <laughs> I still had the football games to watch. Well, now it is time to turn the page to the greatest women's soccer league on the planet. Racing Louisville has been in preseason for a few weeks now. They're shaking off the rust. They've got some friendlies that they're taking place behind closed doors. Caitlin, are you getting ready to, are you getting into shape for uh, the season coming up? Um, if by into shape, uh, you mean um, just like yeah. scrolling Twitter um, incessantly <laughs> waiting for announcements and stuff. Yeah. No, we're waiting for you to get called up, Caitlin. Come on. Absolutely not, guys. I have you're bad the little, knees. You're the, you're the honorary not... DeMello, right? Honorary DeMello. <laughs> uh, um, that, that's what you guys say. Uh, honorary DeMello. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't have, I don't possess the, the soccer abilities as the rest of the fam. So, uh, I'll just, I'll leave it to them. Well, there's plenty of talent in that family on that team. I do think, Caitlin, that you should really consider getting um, a DeMello jersey. But in, for the first initial, have H period DeMello. And I think that this season, and we'll talk about it uh, going forward, but there's some exciting stuff happening. Uh, this week, we're going to talk about the roster where there are some uh, really cool additions, really interesting players that they've uh, brought in through free agency, through the draft, and even beyond Bev and the coaching staff. They're uh, really gearing up to be the, the best racing team yet. I couldn't agree more. I think we have a really, really exciting squad, staff, everything. It just feels like everything is falling into place more than I've ever felt it with this team. There just seems to be a mission and a purpose behind them in a way that I've not really felt in the past. And I, I just, I cannot wait to see how it all comes together. I am with you, Becky. There's lots of exciting stuff happening and we're, we'll get into the signings um, here in a little bit, but like racing didn't have, I mean, compared to other teams, we didn't have like a huge blockbuster signing, right? Like we're not Gotham mm -hmm. over here. And you know what? That's fine. There's more than one way to build a soccer team, but we have some, like you said, really exciting players, really exciting depth added to the squad. And I think more than anything, it's just like you said, they have the team has a mission, right? They're all behind Bev with it. They're all, you know, 100 percent in. And I don't know if that's necessarily been there or been like that in the past. Uh, but yeah, it's all very, very exciting stuff. Well, we are going to get into it very shortly. But first, for our commercial break. Becky and Caitlin and I are very excited and not to be cliche, but pretty honored to once again be the official podcast of the Lavender Legion. 
all three of us are members of the Legion and really enjoy it as a, a supporters group, allowing us to become bigger fans of this club that we love. Caitlin, what is your favorite part about being a member of the Lavender Legion? Favorite part has to be the Slack, which, uh, you know, the good thing about the Slack is you can participate as little or as much as you want in it, right? You can turn on your notifications and get one every time. Um, or, you know, you can log in and see that there are 200 messages <laughs> that you've missed and you can have, you know, something to read um, on on your lunch break. So, yeah, the Slack is definitely my favorite part still. What about you, Becky? What is your favorite part of being a member of the Lavender Legion? I mean, really, it's just everybody I've met through it. And I mean, the Slack is a big part of that. I understand that the Slack can definitely be a little overwhelming <laughs> to, <laughs> to people who walk in and get bombarded with in-jokes that they're maybe not familiar with. But don't worry, everybody is so welcoming and so nice and are want to meet nothing but racing fans. So, I mean, everybody just wants to have this community. I'm just so excited by all the new people that joined this year because I feel like more than any other year, there have been so many new faces in the Slack and I just can't wait to meet so many of these people in person in the stadium because it's so fun when you you talk to people and you just share these little messages you know, throughout the day, throughout the off season. And then suddenly you're walking in the stadium and even if you don't talk that much, you can just be like, oh, hey, hey, it's you and talk <laughs> for a second. And you have friends immediately all through the stadium for every game. And that's mm -hmm. just something that's really special and, and what makes this team special and really builds the community. So I agree. It's all of it. It's it's everybody you meet as part of the Legion. And I, I just can't recommend it enough to to anybody who might be curious about joining. You both mentioned it. And the Slack can be a lot. This last weekend, I had dinner with a friend uh, named David Mann. David is a local journalist here in Louisville, and homeboy gets a lot on his plate. Lots of emails, multitasking, I mean, just does a fantastic job. And he even mentioned to me, wow, I jumped in the slack, and it was a lot. <laughs> and I mean, if David's saying that, it, it's a lot. And I would just encourage everybody to, if you get in and it's a lot, and you think, oh, I feel like I am drinking from a fire hose, that's okay. You don't need to read every message. You don't need to know every joke. You do not need to have an opinion on uh, Gatorade flavors. <laughs> Just jump in. There is so many. There are so many knowledgeable people in there this last week when the USL uh, Women's League was announced that we had five or six members of the Legion who really don't comment a whole lot in Slack. We're like, hey, I have information. I have this opinion on this. I have this opinion on this. And it was just really informative. So we, we'd really love to see you in the Lavender Legion. Love to see you in the Slack. Uh, just to, to learn more and be around a bunch of racing fans. And, and it's really fun during away games. So even if you're not part of it any other time, if you just want to log in during an away game when everybody's watching the game together and chatting and laughing about what's going on, that's fun by itself. That's right. Actually, Becky, that was the 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 birth of our friendship is that we were watching <laughs> uh, the North Carolina Courage destroy yep. racing. And I made the comment that as God is my witness, I will never uh, by continental tires and you said hey yep. that guy's kind of funny and <laughs> here we are a few years later 100 a true story yep. <laughs> absolutely a true story but we have a here in butchertown rundown we have something to offer lavender legion members that are in the slack that we're very excited about caitlin what have we got tom we have stickers everyone oh we God. have stickers who doesn't like stickers I like stickers. I like stickers. See? What'd I say? Uh, so what this means for members of the Legion, uh, we kind of wanted to make this special and like something to offer to you guys first. So uh, Tom, Becky, and I will each have a big stack of them. And we're going to, I am personally going to carry them around. And at any functions, any racing-related functions or games, if you see me, you want to come up and say hi, be like, can I have a sticker? I'll be like, sure, and give you one. Or maybe maybe I'll just be like a grandpa with, you know, some Werther's. Just take it out of my pocket. <laughs> be like, here you go, guys. You want one? Um, 
But no, uh, we would like to offer it to members of the Legion first. So um, we know that not everyone lives in town. Not everyone can necessarily make it to a game. So if you live in the United States, sorry, overseas listeners right now. And if you want one and you're not in the Louisville area, you can DM us on Twitter um, or in the Slack and say, hey, I'd like a sticker and we will mail you one. So, um, yeah, I think that covers it. Uh, do you guys have anything else you wanted to add about the stickers? Only thing is, uh, do you want to shout out your friend who updated oh, our logo? Oh, yes. Um, so the original logo that Butchertown Rundown had, it was great. Um, but we, we wanted to, you know, just update it. New season, new logo. Um, so I got um, my former coworker, Michael Sullivan, who he's, he's a graphic designer, to uh, kind of rework it for us a little bit. And um, yeah, he got us to the design that we settled on now. And uh, yeah, we really appreciate you uh, and your work, Michael. It looks fantastic. Yeah, it does. It does look great. Legion members, we look forward to uh, uh, sending mail order uh, stickers to those of you uh, outside the 502 area code. Just DM any of the three of us in the Slack. And now to Prime Cut, the player acquisitions that we that, that racing has made this year have really been interesting. Caitlin, you were right. Racing's off season didn't win Twitter X. Um, although we can we can talk, there are a couple of players in there that are that are fantastic. But Becky, I'll start Definitely with you. Definitely didn't lose it though. I mean, it was a solid, solid off season. Oh no, it absolutely it was. But um, and Gotham had theirs and just lost to FSU. So. <laughs> <laughs> Becky, what as you look, and I'm just going to read through um, the players that were added just just real quick. Um, Aaron Wright, who is a defender. Ellie Jean, also a defender. Uh, Taylor Flint, uh, midfielder. Uh, Marissa DeGrande, also a midfielder. Uh, Linda Matalo, forward. Millie Clegg, a forward. Pardon me, Alexa Barr, a forward. And uh, Yuka Kurosaki, a midfielder. Also, we added via the draft, and we'll talk about the draft a little bit later, but um, also added Ryland Turner, who is a forward, Emma Sears, who is a forward, Sam Carey, a defender, and Madison White, a goalkeeper from Texas Tech. Becky, when you look, maybe not so much at the draft picks, or maybe the draft picks, but as you look at the players that were signed this offseason, what was your initial impression about what racing was trying to do? Well, I don't want to talk about the draft picks yet because none of them have been signed yet. Good point. I think that that's going to be imminent for at least a couple of them, but they haven't been signed yet. So I think we should talk first about the players that we signed. At least I will. Okay. I think my overall impression is that the floor is much higher. Mm. The ceiling, I need to see if that's higher. I think it is, but I don't know how much higher it is. Is it as high as Taylor Flint is tall? <laughs> <laughs> and I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing because I, I truly think, and I, I said this a lot last season, that we had a really good team. Mm -hmm. I just don't think our team was playing to their full ability. I think we were underperforming. And I do think that one of our biggest problems is that we didn't have the depth to carry us through some of these dense periods and to give players a rest and have the rotation we needed. And so, sure, we didn't have like these blockbuster signings to shock everybody and say, oh my God, what is racing doing? Well, yeah, Taylor Flood's a big player. Let's not diminish that. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to make a, a hype <laughs> joke there. I was waiting there. I was we were all thinking it, Becky. <laughs> but I'm not because she must be so sick of that. As someone who was five foot ten by the time I was in fifth grade, I know how exhausting tall jokes are. <laughs> but it's really, really critically important that we improved our depth. And I think yeah. that's what they went into this offseason really focusing on doing in a lot of cases. Um, I mean, we lost Wine, we lost Holloway, we lost Murray. A lot of these players who were just our depth players who never really got any minutes, and we've replaced them with players like Marissa DeGrande and 
Ellie Jean, you know, players with NWSL experience who've, you know, been in this league and know what it's like to be part of this league and, and have that level of experience and already shown that they can play in this league. And so I think that that alone um, is probably the best and kind of soft, unspoken accomplishment that the team has achieved. And then the second thing I think is um, the versatility that they've achieved. And and Caitlin, you asked Dell about this in our interview with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and he said that, yes, that was absolutely a key thing that they were focused on. And I think just look at the back line. And he said it specifically. The reason that because they signed players like Aaron Wright and Ellie Jean, let's start just talking with the, about the defense, they were able to trade Julia Lester. And that makes me sad because I really like Julia Lester, mm-hmm. but we now have defenders that can play across the entire back line. Aaron Wright can play in every single spot on the black back line. Mm-hmm. Um, Ellie Jean can play both as a center back and an outer back as well. I'm not sure if she can play all four positions, but she can play many of them. And so having this versatility means that if there's an injury, we're not going to do some crazy plug and plays like have Maddie Picorni be a left back yep. in the Challenge Cup final, oh. right? Mm-hmm. The likelihood of that happening is is much more diminished because we're going to be able to play put in players and not just put in players, but put in NWSL experienced players. And so I think that's a huge, huge gain for racing that I don't think should be ignored. Caitlin, what do you think? I think the NWSL experience aspect is huge. Um, it's what we've wanted the first, you know, couple seasons that racing has existed, and we've gotten it more and more. Um, but we're all we're also starting to see players who want to come here, right? Yeah. And like mm-hmm. make specific re- requests to come to racing. And that's that's new, right? Like we're not we're not we're not used to that. But now that you also have like free agency and stuff, like uh, Marissa De Grande is a uh, a free agent, and she you know chose to uh, sign with racing. So we are attracting more uh, talented players to add to our ranks and add to our depth. And we also uh, have you know some really exciting um, international players that we mentioned, like uh, Linda Matalo, who, if you listen to our interview with Ryan Dell. Uh, he let us know that initially um, Linda Matalo is not the player that they were scouting. They were actually looking mm-hmm. at a different South African player, but Bev was so impressed with her that, you know, they ended up going after Matalo instead. And then who else we have? Uh, Alexa Barr, who um, is a forward. I actually don't know a whole lot about her, but she's American, but she uh, plays for Columbia. I believe one of her parents is from Columbia. But yeah, we have these just like really exciting. And then uh, Yuka Kurosaki as well, who's uh, Japanese and played at the University of Kentucky, which is another interesting tidbit. So yeah, we're not only adding um, experienced NWSL talent to our ranks, we're adding, again, more international talent, which is kind of racing's thing. And we also have Millie Clegg, who is from New Zealand um, as well. So all of those are just padding out our our roster with with depth and like so far these players like I'm looking at this roster and I feel comfortable with any of them being on the field you know like at any point and I can't say that in the past that was always the case I'm going to be honest here like there were um, I won't name names but there were certain players that I would see on the roster and be like oh they're starting okay okay well adjust expectations <laughs> which I, yeah. it's just the truth some sometimes That's you're true. not up to the level yeah um but i i really feel like every player that was chosen they seem to be very carefully chosen specifically to fit in with racing not just because they were a big name not just because we need this position but like how are they going to fit in at racing where we need them to and i'm pretty confident in this roster basically Kaylee, you just mentioned that all of these, or you just mentioned players choosing to play or players that racing has chosen to brought in. Uh, And I would like to bring up the name that to me is the most fascinating player that is a new addition, which is Aaron Wright. And I bring her up because she forced a trade here. She told the Red Stars that she wanted to come over here 
tough negotiations. It ended up happening. She's a local girl, went to UK. And I am ex I look at her history, I look at her career, and I get excited. But I also have kind of a feeling like I am going up the first hill of a roller coaster because she is one of the best outside backs in the history of this league and racing right now has two outside backs on the roster who are fantastic in Carson Pickett and in low Malay. Caitlin, you know as much about this league and have been a fan of this league as anyone I know. How do you think the minutes are going to break out for Aaron Wright? Well, I think it's going to be a battle back there. But also remember what Ryan told us is Bev doesn't promise playing time yep. to anyone. So Aaron Wright's going to have to fight for minutes. Loma Lay is going to have to fight for minutes. So is Abby Ersig. So is Carson Pickett. Mm -hmm. Everybody on that on that back line on the team is going to have to fight for minutes. Um, and so, yeah, maybe maybe the starting lineup is going to look a little different than it has in the past. But I'm confident that it's going to be the best starting lineup that Bev you know, the starting lineup that Bev is comfortable with and, and believes is going to give the team the most success. And if it has to change, like if Aaron Wright has to take someone's spot, so be it. But, you know, they, they brought her here for a reason. And um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. But it should always be the starting lineup of that week. Mm -hmm. It should never be the starting lineup and I mean, mm -hmm. that was what ryan and, and bev were trying to say and i think that's a problem that we had where because i mean part of it was depth and part of it was was coach kim's choices that mm -hmm. we had a starting 11 and it didn't change and players were like put in there even when it like we questioned whether it was the best choice at the time mm -hmm. um and i think that we we're gonna see that completely done away with and i mean How's Aaron Ray going to get minutes? Well, I mean, Abby Ersig just didn't make the trip to Tucson because she was ill. Mm -hmm. So Aaron Wright probably got minutes on the back line because Abby Ersig wasn't there and it rearranged the back line. And Aaron Wright can play as a center back. We just think of her as an outer back more because that was the role that she played in Chicago and she was in Chicago. But she can play anywhere. And we don't think that she can play left back as much, but she can. She was just playing with Casey Kruger. So, mm -hmm. I mean, really, she has a, an immense amount of flexibility. So, you know, if Jalen's out and Ellie needs to move up, well, then Aaron Wright can be there, too. So, I mean, I think there's going to be ample time for everybody mm -hmm. to get minutes. I don't think it's necessarily going to be like, oh, my God, we're going to have Aaron Wright sitting on the bench. Or, oh, my God, Lauren Millay is going to be benched. Or Carson Pickett's going to be benched or Abby Ersig is going to be benched. It's just going to be like, okay, well, you know, we knew Abby Ersig was also playing with a knee injury towards the end of last season. Um, and she missed, I believe, one game. And then, I don't know, she had her knee wrapped up the entire end of the season. Mm -hmm. So, like, again, having a player who is that experienced, who can fit in on the back line, is only beneficial and so I think we need to stop thinking about it as a starting 11 that is inflexible and like these are our starters because I mean there's some people who are probably almost always going to start unless if there is an injury like Sav and Jay and Ari and probably now Taylor Flint mm -hmm. and I would probably put Carson and um, Abby in there if they're healthy but there's a whole lot of flexibility mm -hmm. and I mean as Dell said, you know, Bev promises no one minutes. Mm -hmm. So I think we're going to see a lot of rotation. And I think that is excellent. I think we need that. I think it will keep things from being stale for the players as well. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not going to it's not going to be some huge emergency when when someone's out. Right. It's exactly. not like I'm dreading go watching this game because, you know, Abby's injured or Jalen's injured. It's like, no, we have this players. This is my one shot. And if I make a mistake, I'm going to be yes, benched forever. Exactly. We have players who can who can get minutes and they're not going to be freaking out because this is their, yeah, like you said, their one shot that they get. So yeah, it's all, it's, these are all really good developments. And these, I, and I asked the question, but I agree with y'all 100%. And I think in the background, 
it comes down to Bev in a lot of ways because if she is the leader that we think she is, and I think she will be proven, but as you had said earlier, Becky, you know, it's right now it's an unproven concept is that like great coaches can keep great players on board in the boat, even if they're not getting the minutes that they feel they deserve. That's every sport everywhere. Uh, I think Bev can do that. Everything that everyone is saying um, is that is that they're on board with her program. And I think we're I think the back line is going to be fascinating to see because I love Lomalay and Lomalay will run her heart out. And in fact, and here's just a quick aside, um, because I think Margot Ricks will uh, not to be confused with Margot Robbie listens to this (laughs) podcast or she at least did this last week. Um, Racing Louisville um, sports like uh, souvenirs, T-shirts. In the Vamos Morados podcast with uh, Jeff Greer, Jeff said that Will Malay said, I will run until I die. And I do not know why that is not a T-shirt. Like, how is that? Like, every running club will have an I will run until I die T-shirt with Will Malay. So, I mean, come and on. And we're guys. racing Louisville. Like, how are you? How is that? How is that T-shirt not being sold right run now? W- run with low till you die. <laughs> yes. So- <laughs> Okay, that, they got a little bit dark, but, you know. Maybe hey. not that one, Kaylin. <laughs> no, we need a little workshop. Yeah, that's okay. We'll, we'll workshop it. It's fine. I, I like the idea, Tom. Different demographics. <laughs> some folks, you know what? Some folks like uh, the happier stuff. Some folks uh, on the little darker. Either way, uh, make that shirt. But, you know, Lo ran her heart out last year, but... She got, I don't want to say she got slow, but like she ran so much. You're a human being. You're a human being. You cannot run as fast as you can the whole time. And now, you know, last year, we there was real worry that the drop off in talent was so stark that, oh, man, are we going to be able to defend this one nil lead if you take her out? Um, and now I think we've got the depth to be able to sub. Uh, more readily preserve those legs you know let's have 70 minute subs and um, and not be as at risk but the thing too though is the one I mean they all ran out of steam and if you listen to Abby and Jalen's podcast at the end of the season it's because they were so unclear in tactics that they were running too much Mm-hmm. Like they were not pressing properly. And so they were overexerting themselves and then ran out of steam too much in games. So that was a major problem. So hopefully we fix that. So even if they are willing to run until they die, they will not have to run until they die <laughs> or <laughs> they're running until they die will be a much later death. It will not be as recent and, you know, worrisomely, like, like happening on the pitch that game. What about run smarter, not harder? Yeah, that should definitely, that, that should be this season's uh, run until I die was, uh, that's (laughs) racing in the past. It is now run smarter, not harder. That is perfect. Okay, good job. See, we needed to move away from that. I redeemed myself. We knew you were going to get it. The other thing though, is that like, what Gotham did so perfectly last season is their movement away from positional players and into roles. And so if Aaron Wright comes in and is a right back, that's not to say that Lo Malay is not just going to get like, mm. she's going to lose minutes that game. Why can't she go up into the midfield? That's where she started. I mean, she could even go up higher as a, as a winger, as a forward in a four-three-three. I mean, mm-hmm. she can play anywhere along the wing now. She's proven that. So, I mean, let's be creative with how these uh, how these positions could be. So, I, I just think that that's how we kind of need to think of things more. I think that's the way soccer and football is moving in general. I mean, just look at how outer backs are used now. They're they're mostly in the attack. They're not even defenders as much. Mm-hmm. So if we can start thinking of these more as like roles than as solid as positions, and we can say that, okay, well, Lowe has the skill set that can be utilized elsewhere. So even if Aaron Wright is going to stay back as a defender, Lowe could be somewhere else. I mean, I, 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 I truly, I don't know for certain, but I get the sense that is more of the way that Bev is going to be thinking about this. 
And I think that makes it really fun. Yeah, I think it'll definitely be more exciting soccer to watch for sure. I mean, nothing against last year's, but I think it's it was it's time for a change. A little bit against last year's. <laughs> a little bit against last year. But, you know, I think, yeah, I, I just don't think there's going to be as much rigidity in the mm-hmm. formation or in the tactics. I think Bev is more open to to changing things because she was a, a player in this league and, mm-hmm. you know, played on a team that is that was able to adapt to different, um, mm-hmm. you know, different formations and, and tactics and things. So, yeah, this should be a very, uh, very exciting team to watch. And the thing that Bev talks about so much is that she wants players to learn how to react situationally. Yeah. Not mm-hmm. like we're going to have this plan and execute it to a T. And so like, if we get knocked off the game plan, then everybody will just be confused about what they're supposed to be doing. It's like, okay, we're going to have a plan. Obviously. I mean, I'm not saying she's just go like, just going to send them out and tell them to figure it out. It's all about a balance, but it's more about knowing that like, if X happens, you do Y, mm-hmm. but if B happens, you do A, you know, it's, it's knowing how to react in the moment as much as focusing on tactics. And, she knows i mean i think she just knows that as a as a field player that that is just kind of her focus and that's also just the way football coaching has advanced and and the way a lot of people think now and that her her goal and again i mean we haven't yet seen her coach a game but i mean i believe in her the players believe in her her goal is that the players have a framework and that they have pathways to take in terms of tactics but the they're still free to be the creative players that made them the incredible players they are. Like, you can be a brilliant tactician, but if you're going to take away what makes Savannah DeMello Savannah DeMello when you're executing the tactics, then I'm sorry, your tactics are shit. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying that Kim did that. I'm not implying that's Kim at all because Savannah DeMello was transcendent last year. Mm-hmm. I'm just using that as an example. Yeah. So I think Bev is going to take that even a step further and try and move even further away from trying to follow a specific tactical. I mean, there's going to be a specific tactical plan. I don't want to make it seem like they're just going to be winging it out there and playing beautiful, creative football. No, but I think there's going to be much more of an emphasis on letting the player's individuality shine and using that to help propel the team and keep the players happy and engaged and really focused and motivated in the game and bought in and i think that's really it's it might not be a huge shift like i'm not saying that this is like a monumental change but i think that that might just be like a little tick mark that had been missing prior and maybe just like a little step up towards something that maybe the players had kind of been missing before. And I'm really excited by that in particular, the way she talks about that aspect. Mm -hmm. There's an element and we haven't talked too much about the front line in depth. One thing that, that, you know, you're talking about a framework, Becky, and it's very exciting. One thing that I think about is an article that uh, Michael Shaw wrote on uh, floridaleafc.com which i read it and it scratched an itch i was like yes brother that is the way to go now last week when we interviewed ryan dell and he was very generous with his time and was fantastic but he mentioned something kind of offhand and he said he's like well last year we scored as many goals as gotham and they won the title which is true I also think, though, that Michael's article was about basically how did racing get their goals, and he broke it down, you know, statistically and this and this and this, and I'm not going to do that at all. I'm going to tell you what it felt like. It felt like most of racing's goals came from individual genius. Mm -hmm. You've got Ari with just blasting one through your goal of the year, Caitlin, that it was just Mm -hmm. like – brilliant brilliant goal you've got tembi who is just so fast you know racing uh, no pun intended or super pun intended and, and creating a chance what you didn't see a lot last year was racing in possession with a slow build-up where they ended up with a goal where all right they're moving the ball around they're manipulating the defense with their passes and there's the shot and they the shot they wanted and they got it. It felt like 
they just did not have that last year. I think we may have even statistically for at least part of the season, if not the whole season, been the worst, if not one of the worst teams for that specifically. Mm-hmm. I believe, hey, you know. And 90- it was not not totally for that. I think it was for a certain number of passes building up to a goal that basically speaks to that. But I mean, that was something that was mentioned about racing quite a bit last season. Yeah. And I mean, I, I wonder if it has to do with the tactical rigidity that we were just talking about, you know, press, press, press all the time. And then other aspects of the game, like possessing the ball kind of get, you know, pushed to the side a little bit. So it's like, how do we balance those? I mean, it speaks to some of the confusion about the tactics as Mm -hmm. well, because I just don't think that the players were ever positioned perfectly to to have some of these buildups. I mean, a lot of DeMello's goals were... Individual brilliance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I agree with that 100%, Tom. Um, I'm going to... I want to come back to the midfield, but that makes me want to actually jump ahead to the forwards really quickly because I have some questions for you guys about the forwards and I want to go back to what you said Caitlin about the fact that we're bringing in all this international talent and that is racing's bread and butter but what racing has lacked consistently is proven NWSL forwards mm-hmm. and we've gone mm. backwards in yeah. that regards this season I mean I guess you can say that both Kirsten and um, Parker have more experience, so maybe they've Mm -hmm. added it, but I mean, we lost Paige. So, we have added some really exciting forwards, but do you feel 100% confident that they're going to be able to come in and be NWSL forwards that we need? If I'm basing it on historical evidence we have from, you know, players that have come to racing as internationals from other leagues and performed amazingly well right from the start? No. Um, but I could be surprised, but like this this league takes some time to get used to. That's not I don't I don't mean to be a downer, but historically that's just not what we've seen, right? Like we got Tembi Katwana. She, you know, was really fast and you know did make stuff happen for us, but she wasn't this go- like goal scoring machine. Uchenna Kanu the same um so it's it's a different league it's a different style of play i i don't know i i'm honestly not that familiar with uh a lot of the players like um millie clegg i know she's very young as well uh alexa Barr, i'm not as familiar with her um linda matalo not as familiar with her but i do think it's uh the thing about international players is they do if they do if they are able to integrate into the team they can bring like a different style like ari is a great example ari borges the brazilians i feel like the brazilians in general adapt Mm -hmm. really well to the nwsl um they can bring like a different style to your team and just you know that's just another tool in your toolkit so uh are they gonna start off being amazing Probably not, but I I think you know we have we have enough returning talent. You know we have Kirsten Davis who I think is just like waiting to like have her her moment. You know she had some she had some big moments uh, last season, and she's always been I feel like on the precipice of something really great. And I think you know this year's her year. Why not? So I think we can you know mix that with these new players. Then hey. That could be really good for us. What are your thoughts on that, Tom? I'll tell you what I like about this. And I'm about to give such a horrible, horrible statement. It's kind of like when my wife's uh, favorite uncle says, like, uh, Tom, you went to Oklahoma State, and I hate every son of a gun that ever went then. But you're okay. Um, It's kind of like not really – like he means it as a compliment, but it's not really a compliment. Last year, our forwards did not really produce. So we – don't need a lot of we're not trying to replace a lot of production like page was awesome but we like the front line was was they just didn't produce as many goals like we've been talking about here's what i like about this last year we had or two years ago we had the same issues and we tried to fix them with one player Mm -hmm. uchenna canoe 
This year, we're trying to replace with, let's see, Metallo, Clegg, Barr. Um, and now we'll talk about the draft picks, uh, Turner, Sears. I mean, we've now we're trying to replace the problem or the problem with with five different players. I like that more. You know, not everybody needs to hit and not everybody needs to hit every time. The workload is spread out among more players. Also, we would hope that tactically we're able to feature those players a little bit more. And also, last year, defenders stayed back on defense. Midfield stayed in midfield. Attackers attacked, with the exception being Carson Pickett, who would run up and not have anybody to pass the ball to. It seems like this year we're going to get those midfielders in the attack a little bit more, try to get more bodies up front. So we only need a couple of players to let's say let's say if we get three players that can get that we brought in that can get productive minutes and one really hits, we're going to be fine. And it doesn't need to be, you know, and one thing we've talked about a few times and have, nothing's been made official yet. We haven't seen any games, but we're also, you know, are we moving Ari up? Who knows? Um, yes. But I think that I think that I feel more optimistic than you, Caitlin, just because I look at the numbers and think we've got more possibilities to generate goals than than we have in the past and i mean we're in the preseason the land the time of eternal optimism so i'm like shoot yeah man bring millie clegg on in the 70th minute let's see what she can do she doesn't know what she doesn't know yet i'm not asking her to i'm not asking her to carry the team but if she gets two or three goals this year awesome uh if alexa Barr comes in and we don't need 10 goals out of her. Let's get three or four. If she gets put in a position, yeah, I think she can. I think that was maybe one of the, I don't say problems, but you can make a case that last year there was just so much pressure on Uchenna that it, I mean, when she didn't have immediate success, man, it's, it's tough. Um, I like my players playing free. I like them feeling that they don't have you know, the weight of the world and pressure on them that they are supposed to come in to be the saviors. And I think we've got a lot of players that are coming in hungry for minutes. Nothing's been promised. And today I feel good. Yeah, I look, Tom, I would love to be proven wrong. You know, I'm I'm probably being a little bit more pessimistic and you are being the eternal optimist. But that would be great. And I do. I, th- I think that's an interesting idea of kind of like spreading the talent pool out rather than having like this one player that the team relies upon to score. And I mean, we all love Tembi and miss Tembi horribly. She scored, I believe, two goals for us, mm-hmm. three goals for us. We all love Wong. I believe she scored two goals for us. So, you know, like these are not huge numbers of goals that we've lost. So I do believe that these players can make those up. But Tom, you're right. I mean, if we did jump to the forwards, we do have to talk about Rylan Turner and Emma Sears, who we saw in the little snippet of video that Racing released from the preseason match against the Houston Dash. The two rookies connected for a goal in preseason. So that's really, really, really exciting. And I've heard nothing but really, really good things about both of them. So I think that they might be a big answer for us this season as well. I don't know if it'll be to the extent that like Savannah DeMello was, who was just like so amazing out of the gate. But I mean, I think they're going to be, I hope they are, (laughs) but I think they're going to be big presences for us. And I I think that they are going to do a lot. And again, you know, Rylan Turner can play, across the front line score from the wing and score from the nine position you got to love that flexibility because she can start in the wing move into the nine position start in the nine move to the wing you know depending on who you bring in how you move players around that's just really exciting but we've talked about the forwards we have to go back and talk about the midfield which has probably been the number one point of discussion that everybody has talked about with regards to racing. 
what the heck is racing doing with all <laughs> these midfielders? I mean, I've seen in like every comment when we sign someone like an Angel City fan being like, what are you guys doing? Send us Ari Borges if you're just going to stockpile all of them. Never, like, ever. No. Uh, first of all, first of all, Becky, that is not true. Because the first thing that those Angel City fans say is, will you buy my NFT? So it's only Ooh. after that that they ask That's you about- That's not the fans, Tom. That's not the fans. Oh, you're right. I apologize. I apologize to the fans, but not to the ownerships. Go ahead, <laughs> Becky. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, we have an obnoxious number of midfielders. I think we have nine. I should pull the roster and check that. But you know, it's a Monday night and I don't feel like it. We have a lot of midfielders. Um and in our interview with Ryan and Bev has also said in interviews, they were joking and saying they were like Pokemon in in, in the interview. You gotta, gotta catch, catch them all. all. But, <laughs> um, yeah, but there is a purpose to it. There is a plan behind it. And so I truly think that, you know, we're talking about all these goals coming from the forwards. Yeah, I think they do plan on obviously using the forwards and having goals come from the forwards. They plan a lot of them to come from the midfield because we're getting all point. these midfielders. And when we're talking about midfielders and we're talking about forwards, there are a whole lot of them that are going to play the same positions, especially in like a 4-2-3-1 position. Like the three that can be like forwards or midfielders above the two defensive midfielders, like that is going to be probably a lot of midfielders because we have so many midfielders, but it's also going to be people who are playing as forwards, playing as midfielders or people that we have listed as forwards potentially playing theoretically in midfield positions. So again, it's this idea of playing more roles than positions. So I think that, you know, as much as it makes it easier to talk about when we break it into, like you said, Tom, you know, very inflexible defenders, yeah. midfielders, forwards, that is not what it's going to be. I think it's going to be much more fluid. We're going to have people playing across different lines. We're going to have a lot more flu uh, more fluidity. Taylor Flint said in the interview with Lavender Louisville, oh, we're so fluid. It's such a fluid system. So again, I mean, I think the idea behind all these midfielders is that, yes, they're going to be attackers. We're going to be seeing some of them in more forward positions. We're going to be getting goals, hopefully from Ari, from Sav. They might be our top producers this season even if they aren't forwards. And then if we can get two, three from some of the forwards, then hooray, maybe we will have the goals that we need. So, I mean, I think that adding players like DeGrande for depth, adding Flint as a starter next to Jay, just to at be pure violence in our defensive midfield. You know, Kurosaki, I don't know much about, but very interesting young prospects who I think could be really exciting, could be one of these diamonds in the rough that racing has been really good at uncovering so far in the past. I don't know. I'm I'm excited. I think it makes... I, I'm not questioning why we're signing this many midfielders. I think it makes sense. And I think from what we... If you're familiar with how racing has played in the past, it actually does make sense who they've signed. But mm -hmm. what do you think, Caitlin? What do you think, Tom? Well, just real quick, I uh, did pull up the racing website um, and... As of now, with all their new signings, they have uh, 37 midfielders. Okay. <laughs> so, On a roster wow. of 26, a wow. whole team uh, of midfielders. You know what? I, I, you know, I'm not saying I counted right, but I'm pretty sure it's 37. Um, go ahead. I just wanted to make sure get that get that out there. No, I I think that's very interesting. Kind of having the the lines blurred between forwards and midfielders because I think that speaks to the versatility that that Ryan was hinting at. And also I think it's going to make it harder for other teams to scout racing. Mm -hmm. If you know, they're like, Oh, well watch, watch all this film on Ari Borges where she's playing here. And it's like, Oh, we only have film where she's playing in the midfield, but now we're going to scoot her up or move her around. We can kind of kind of, it's kind of like playing chess, like just move them around these different positions, uh, and yeah, I think it's going to make it difficult for other teams to to scout racing because of Which that. is really interesting. I mean, keep going, but I just wanted to interject that that is exactly what Bev said in one of the racing press conferences recently. Mm -hmm. She said, I don't care if people see our shape. 
mm-hmm. because I think we're going to be so I, I'm paraphrasing. I can't remember what it is, but she implied, I don't care if people see our, our position and if they see our shape, because we're going to be so fluid mm-hmm. that we still don't think they're going to be able to scout us. Right. And so I think exactly what you said just speaks to that perfectly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which again, that's going to, that's going to be a really, a really tough midfield and, and forward line to, to defend. And also I would just like to say that like, sorry to other teams about Taylor Flint and, and Jalen Howell in the midfield. I mean, you're not going <laughs> to win, you're not going to win those aerial duels and I'm sorry, you're just going to have I to mean, accept that. <laughs> you're going to have to go past Sav DeMello and Ari Borges yeah. just to hit Jalen Howell and Taylor Flint. Yeah. And, ta- and, and Taylor Flint. Abby Ersig and yes. Katie Lund and Aaron Wright. Oh, Taylor's man. made Taylor made a good point. I believe this might have been on the Lavender Louisville interview that she was doing. And maybe she said it in a press conference as well. But like on corner kicks and set pieces, racing has several targets now, aerial targets that they can go for. And it's like, who in the box, who are you going to mark? Abby? Are you going to mark Taylor? That's that's two people that are like, what, 5'10 and up. Jalen? That's so many players to mark. I mean... And it goes both ways, too. I mean, defending mm-hmm. corners, too. How are they going to yes. be able to defend yeah. corners? Yeah. Or how so, are they going to be able to get corners around us, rather? Exactly. So there's just... Yeah, this this midfield is, is really, really exciting and... It makes, yeah, it does make sense that they have, that we have like a million of them because if we're going to move them around, you know, at will, wherever we need them, of of course, you're going to want some variety. And again, going back to it, like Ryan said, you know, versatility was what they were looking for. And so like, yes, they're signing all these midfielders, but they're going to be used in different ways. So it's all about flexibility. It's all about the different ways these players can be used and the different positions they can be in more than the fact that they're a midfielder, a forward, a defender. And I think that's that's really, really exciting. We're talking about new additions, and actually we do not have 37 midfielders. Apologize, <laughs> miscounted on that. We actually have nine. Oh, you know, we're, we're talking about these new folks that we're bringing in, and that's awesome. Like, it's exciting. Here's somebody that we're not talking about. Kayla Fisher. Here's somebody else, Jordan Baggett. Here's somebody else, Maddie Picorni. These are players that are on the low end, solid NWSL players. On the top end, could be excellent NWSL players. It is going to be a dogfight for minutes. I don't see many of these players unseating Sav and Jay. We'll say that... Jalen Howell's minutes need to be managed this year like they have never been managed before. And we'll talk about this on a later podcast. But I can see it where if racing's up 1-0, racing's up 2-0, like 70th minute, you know what? We, we need Sav the last month of the season. We don't need her necessarily in May. And that is going to be an absolute dogfight in practice to see who comes on for those minutes for Jay or for Sav or for Taylor Flint. There is so much talent. And one thing that, that Ryan said and that Bev said that just I just keep thinking about is no one's guaranteed any minutes. The practices are going to the intensity is going to ratchet up. I th- you know, last year at the end of the season, Abby said maybe we weren't practicing hard enough. I think that the competition for minutes is going to be unlike anything racing has seen. And I think we're going to see it on Saturday and Sunday nights on the pitch and knock on wood. I think we're going to see it with a bunch of people leaving Lynn family stadium, very happy or leaving an opponent's stadium, very unhappy with racing, pulling a result. I mean, I, I certainly hope so. And I agree. And I, I, I just hope and I, I believe that we're not going to have like starters and understudies mm-hmm. where it's like, we're going to have, this is the the first person who comes in every single game. Like, no, it needs to be the first person who earned it in practice. Mm-hmm. Like one week, Maddie Picorni, if she earned it, should be the first person. I mean, of course it depends on like the player that's coming off, mm-hmm. but like it should not be like, this is the person who's always going in every single time. And, Cause that, that, that's not competition. 
should always be a fight and the the practices need to be set up in ways that they are actually competing against each other one thing that really interested me in previous seasons is that it was always starters against non-starters in the practices at least i went to i'm really i've not been able to go to a practice yet because my life has been a little chaotic in this new year but i'm hoping when i go to them that i see that some of the practices are mixed and that it's the players learning to play in all different combinations because you should know how to play against every single teammate and I mean, mm-hmm. if it's match day one, okay, it should be starters against non-starters probably at that point. But I want to see more mix-ups. I want to see way more tougher competition. I don't want it to seem like it's decided early in the week. You know, well, these are the starters. Are you going to break in or not? Probably not if we're already starting with the starters. Well, we are coming to the end, which means the most fun part of the Butchtown Rundown where we help to encapsulate the season where we are as a racing fan base through a Spotify playlist. Make sure you are subscribing to the Mint Mix. Not only is it great music, but also it helps you break the AI algorithm, keeps you off the grid, and just great music. Caitlin, what are we adding to the Mint Mix this week? I had a fun time coming up with these songs because there aren't any games yet. As we all know, Um, they've really only been practicing, but so I kind of have to choose the songs based on, you know, what's going on in the racing world, what's going on in the world at large. So the first song I have is Lavender Haze by Taylor Swift. Um, This is specifically, um, obviously, it has lavender in it. Uh, I believe they play like a remix version of this at the end of games. But also, you know, I, you know, shout out to uh, Mr. Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey and the Kansas City Chiefs. I know you guys are not fans of them. I don't really care about football. They're owned by a racing competitor. Forget all of that. But, you know, congrats on the Super Bowl, Travis. And so that's why I put... um, Lavender no, Haze. He's the brother of an eagle, so that's fine. Yeah, Jason Kelsey loved that guy too. So that's the first song. Second song is uh, Whenever, Wherever by Shakira. Why did I add this? You might be asking. What are you thinking? Well, if you guys remember, racing is going to Colombia in a couple weeks mm. to play in the Women's Cup. Shakira is from Colombia. So that's a little, that's a little shout out to her. We will follow them whenever wherever wherever. yes you got it becky you got it and finally the last song i have is a song called pata pata it's by miriam makiba who is a very famous uh, south african singer and that one is specifically on here Uh, it's dedicated to linda matalo who i just saw on social media has arrived in louisville is practicing with the team finally so that one is for her so yeah i think we got a good mix of songs this week and i'll add those to the playlist and like tom said be sure to like it add it to your spotify library mint mix is so fun i think that in a recent not recent but last year at a uh, banner painting uh, uh, event at the stadium the lavender legion listened to the mint mix which is why that those banners are all so fantastic with any luck this next week we will be having a conversation with Erin Wright. It's happening. It's happening. Well, I'm excited. I mean, she's given a lot of interviews. She is, I mean, coming back kind of like the prodigal child to uh, Kentucky soccer. She's super exciting. I think she's going to have some fantastic insight on racing compared to where she was with the Red Stars. Do we think that we're going to have time for uh, listener questions? Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. So people better get on uh, sending them to us, either in the Legion Slack or to the uh, the Butchertown Rundown. Is it still? Can I I just call Twitter? Just Twitter. It's Twitter. It's Twitter. Yeah. If you guys want to send in your questions on uh, Twitter or X or the Lavender Legion Slack, we would like those uh, to be sent in by February 18th. Looking forward to the questions you guys have for her. She seems really excited to be here and really just all in on racing. And uh, I think she'll have some really insightful, insightful things to say. I can't wait. 
And we love all of the questions. Anybody that takes the time to send a question, thank you. It's so cool. Like every time before the interviews, the three of us will get on and be like, oh, wow, that's an awesome question. So thank you. But I want to send a special, special invitation to those that are from outside of Louisville. If you're in Lexington, um, if you're close to Aaron's hometown, maybe you know something about her that we don't. Uh, please reach out. You can be dirt, like, Tom. what? <laughs> digging for dirt oh no i figured it'd be like hey aaron remember that time that uh we ate indian food off uh, i-65 and i'll be like okay 64 so. tom 65 you're not going to lexington on 65 75 is 75 above okay. lexington yeah okay yeah so uh, now a friend's gonna write in and be like hey tom do you understand how the highways work in <laughs> kentucky and the answer, of course, is no. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Two-lane highway Tom. That's what my, fa my family calls me. Actually, no. I just made Back that up. Back Denson. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, this good times. Always fun talking about race in Louisville. Caitlin, Becky, this was fun. Let's do it again. Let's do it. Let's do it. Go Big Perp. Go Big Perp. <laughs>